Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Hello and welcome to episode three of Critics on a Bus. How are you doing, Paul? I am doing wonderfully, actually. How are you? I am doing well and I must say I am glad to be back. I've missed recording in the past like two weeks since we recorded last has it been two weeks i think so i genuinely think it has been two weeks and if it has i've genuinely missed it yeah no me too me too i yeah. love it's just tomorrow, really nice discussing films t- tomorrow would have been two weeks yes which will be probably when this is released anyway so yes, so two weeks yeah not too bad so what are we reviewing today so today we are reviewing the film called The Good Liar, um, which stars Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren, the greats. The greats, two, the greats. two giant, giants of actor, actor, in the acting world. Um, no one really uh, exceeds them. You, yeah, no. <laughs> two giants, Mirren, McKellen. So, uh, as already mentioned, uh, the Good Liar stars Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren, and they meet on a dating site. This is set in 2009, and they meet up for dinner after that, and they gain an interest in each other. However, things are not as they seem. Um, so, And that's basically <laughs> the only summary I can really give that doesn't go into plot details, to be honest. <laughs> Um, yeah, things are not as they seem. They are perhaps not who they claim to be uh, on the website when they, you know, put up a dating profile, which I feel is probably very, um, that is probably very true of many dating profiles uh, in terms of the discrepancy between reality and what you put up there. And this, yeah, this that's the case for them too. And yeah no what follows is kind of uh um intri- intriguing kind of sort of slightly like spy-esque type uh film that takes a few twists and turns and uh yeah dispels those expectations dispels those kind of um those uh what would you call them the the lies, potential lies, maybe, that they said mm. about themselves. I'm not feeling very articulate today. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very bad, that was a very poor summary. Uh, I, <laughs> but we'll get into, we'll get into, uh, we'll get into details. Um, but anything you want to add to that summary? No, no, that's all good. Okay. Right. Now, normally we would, we would perhaps discuss some specific things about the film. But before we do that, we are changing the agenda today. and. We're going to talk about our general impressions, like from the get-go, and that was my idea. And it's because I reckon that we might have some differing opinions about this film. I could be wrong, but those would be interesting to have on the table from the beginning. So, what were your general impressions, Cameron, of the whole film after after I watched it? After yeah, the whole film after you watched it. Okay, this is this is interesting. So, uh, after I watched the film, I was a bit like. Oh, okay. Cool. Not that it was a bad, not that it was a bad film. Um, I, when I met 
asking for uh, Five Guys after the film. Um, she was like, how was it? I was like, it's interesting. And I sort of akin it to a stroking your beard, which obviously, Paul, you can relate to because you can grow a beard. Do you know what? Actually, I haven't shaved in like four days and I'm rocking, I'm rocking <laughs> some, uh, <laughs> a, a few hairs. So. <laughs> but like, I akin it to more like a, oh, hmm, sort of impression of the film because, yeah, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's enough. That's enough to go on. Okay, interesting, interesting, very interesting. I I want to try and summarize what I feel about the film. I was thinking of trying to do it do it with an Ian McKellen impression, but I feel like it's going to be way off. But let's see if I can let's see if I can do this. Oh dear. No, that wasn't very. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you to really get like the the like if you're trying yeah. to do a McKellen, it's it's like yeah. the. Oh, 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 oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see if those uh, those noises make it into the actual uh, the actual <laughs> podcast. But but no, I I I unfortunately was not very impressed by this film. I I I came out of it a little bit kind of deflated, and mm-hmm. that that deflation didn't necessarily come like at the end, but but I. I was I slowly got more and more deflated throughout as I realized that it wasn't yeah. what and I, I, and I that, that it be. And we'll go into it later, but I think I know why. Okay. Well and I think be... I think it might be the same reason uh I think that I was like, Yeah, it's it's interesting. Not that was great. It was okay. yeah. I think I think we might have potentially a similar reason as to why it was interesting, not amazing and like out of this world. So okay. we will see later on um when we get to those that that specific section of the film. I okay. think um However, so... something that redeemed the film for me, one of the few things that redeemed the film properly for me was obviously the performances of Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these are two actors who you can put into almost any situation and they're going to steal the scene and they're going to do a good job and this one was no exception so even though I had qualms with the storytelling with the script with certain other things one thing I did could not complain about was them as actors and actresses Mm. Um, and the one of them not to give too much away who gets significantly more lines and significantly more screen time is Ian McKellen and what were your thoughts on his just his performance the way in which he conducts himself I mean I am I am a huge Ian McKellen fan like I've seen him live yeah I've seen live stage I saw him do um, King Lear last year and it was incredible and it's like one of the best things I've ever seen in my life and I think he's an immensely talented actor and so I love the fact that it was very it was right Ian McKellen doing Ian McKellen like voices yes. and grumbles and you know those sort of like just those um, McKellenisms that we've come to know and love uh, in film. And so I thought you know his performance was fantastic, especially when especially when you realise in the film that he's not the good guy. You know. Oh yeah. Spoiler warning somewhere beforehand. Uh, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Like yes. Uh, we, I don't think we can give a good review about this film keeping it oh, spoiler yes. free. So I think no, we're going to have to just d- you know, delve in. And I think, um, and that becomes apparent within five minutes of the film. So like, it's not like yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you think he's the good guy at the end, you you're mistakenly. You're yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and 
you know, he gives this kind of kind of I would say performance we've not really seen from him because we're so used to him being the the good especially especially people of our generation, he's used to being the good old wise man who, you know, he's always around to, to let the heroes know what's what's what. Um referring of course to Lord of the Rings. Um I guess he is a bad guy next man. You sorry, you, you didn't see him as a bad guy in X Men. No, I guess he is. I, I just, was too, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the exact same. Because I was like, when, when you said that, I was like, mm, what about like Magneto? <laughs> and I was like, I guess because I think Magneto is an amazing mutant. I don't yeah. see him as a bad guy. <laughs> I treat Magneto kind of like Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven, where it's like, yes, they're technically the bad guys, but actually they're kind of the good guys, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he's just he's so good. Like in that in like he carries those films with Patrick Stewart. I'm like, oh. It's Ian McKellen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, so I retract my statement completely, and I'm going to leave that in for shame in the podcast. Um, <coughs> that I think that I think that no, he he does a very good performance. I think, I think, um, in terms of the two of them, I think Helen Mirren, um, is entirely underused in this film. That is, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, like literally, I was going to say that. It's not until like it's not till the very end, um, which is something we'll talk about later on, um, where you learn a bit more about her character. But I still think that the entire film, she's sort of you know she's sort of supporting in a very minor way to the whole plot, uh, which is one of its downfalls. Um, yeah, I like they're good solid performances. I think they don't use Helen Mirren in a way that they could and I think it robs us of something in the film um, but that's a script and, and story issue I mean it may be true to the source material it's based on a book so it might be very true it to the is. book we've not read the book or I've not read the book um, so I can't say that oh my goodness this is you know heresy but it could be what the book does but I don't feel like it would be um, so yeah like strong performances but I think ultimately underused absolutely yeah, I would agree with you. At first, speaking of kind of Ian McKellen, he's just he's just a delight to watch. Yeah, there's something every little mannerism, every little kind of like smile, every way he uses his voice, the grumbles, the the little glance, like his his whole physical performance, everything. You just you know that you're in the presence of a world class actor and. It's just a delight, and I feel like he got to really use that in this film. You, mm. you use a lot of body acting. There's a point where he's like has a knee issue, and it's just a hundred percent believable. You don't even really think about it. But then he's walking in London, like super swag, and you believe that. And then he, you know, he's serious, and then he's funny. Like, like I feel like, like whenever he was on the screen, it would really light up, and that's what kind of kept me at least going throughout this one that was one of the main things was the fact that he you just get to watch him on a screen and he's just an absolute delight to watch mm. and like you say Helen Mirren was underused for storytelling reasons and in terms of she just didn't have the same volume that he did she didn't have, she had probably a, a third of the line lines that he had um but that doesn't mean that her performance was bad. Anytime she's in it, she obviously does an incredible job. But yeah, it, she just was underused. And that was a shame. B- 
because it's being advertised. The big selling point of it is the fact that it's Ian McKellen and Helen, Helen Mirren. But it feels like a supporting performance, like you say, from her rather than a, a kind of a joint kind of ensemble to kind of main cast. Yeah. So. And I think especially because this is the first time that they've shared a screen together. Is it? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is the, like, the first time that... Um, they've they've been on film together, okay. um, and for those two kind of giants of cinema, it, it, it you kind of feel like they're you're you're going to watch a film where they go head to head and they don't. Mm. You know, you yeah, it was um, it was it, it, like it was almost a cat and mouse film that was coming from it. Like you know, it's like oh, who has the next who who you know brings the next checkmate out? But it, it wasn't really that. Um. Yeah, it could have almost been like a sort of Mr. and Mrs. Smith-esque type film where mm. they're keeping secrets from each other, but you get both of them. Not that I, I think that's a particularly great film, but but at least that concept of, you know, um, there's secrets that they're both keeping from each other there. Yeah. Uh, and one minute you're seeing her do something devious, then him do something devious, you know, like, like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, but, in, and, a, in, in a way they are. The reveal's just done too late. Yes. Um, Let's come on to that. Let's come on to the storytelling. Um, so, storytelling. I feel like this film was long and slow and didn't give you enough as you went along. And that, for me, was one of its biggest downfalls. Obviously, with a film that's... that's of, of this nature with the film about deception and a film uh, about things not being as they seem. What really kind of is the currency of such a film are twists and turns and uh, shocking <laughs> elements and also being given something somewhere throughout the film and then not realizing it's important and then finding out that it is that's the that's the main currency of, of films like this it's like a bit like the same with a kind of a classic whodunit type film where mm-hmm. the seeds are laid and it could be oh, it could be that person it could be this person but then oh actually it's that person and and i i didn't think about that but it was there the whole time and this film didn't have any of that it was completely linear as far as i was concerned mm-hmm. so what you know from the outset is you know that he is not who he seems, he's this illegal businessman who does all sorts of dodgy stuff. And and then it becomes very clear that the role she's going to play is, is that he's going to try to scam her. And that is the narrative of the film up until the last 20 minutes or 15 or so minutes. So the whole film is about him doing his illegal business activity and then also hiding that from her and working up to try and scam her. And it's linear. However, from the beginning, even from watching the trailers, I was watching it, I was watching the film from the very beginning thinking, okay, but obviously she is going to try and... She's not who she seems either. She's going to, like, one-up him. Uh, So when is that going to happen? When is it going to happen that she then attempts to one-up him? And the film just kept going and going and going. And then the big reveal at the end was, at least one of them, we'll talk about the whole dimensions of it, but was, oh, actually, she was 
scamming him. Oh, and he wasn't aware and he didn't know and he was so stupid. And uh, she actually gets all the money at the end. And I just found that so unsatisfying because I thought what they could have done is that they could have revealed the fact that she was trying to scam him as early in the film as the fact that he was trying to scam her. And then you could have done something so interesting with them potentially catching on to each other. You could have built the story out, fleshed it out a little bit, had other types of twists and turns. But the main plot device that this film relied upon was thinking that you were like stupid enough to not think that Helen, Mirren, Helen Mirren's character had an agenda. But of course she did, because if she didn't, how the film would have gone, the film would have been, <laughs> he attempts to scam her, he scams her, takes her money, the end. And of course, no one thought that that is what they're going to do. So you were just waiting for her to do something, and then she did it, and it was the end. And mm. I just found that so deeply unsatisfying. So that's my thought on that one. Yeah. I, I'm... I, I'm getting very serious about it, but I was just like, oh, it had so much more potential. You don't hire those two actors and then yeah. use and the, them. Yeah. I, I think the thing about it is, <clears throat> I would say, I would say the film is dripping with anticipation. Um, and part of it is down to the music, which we'll talk about later. Is yes, that's the reason why. Because throughout the film, you're always like, oh, something's got, something's got to happen right now. You know, it's building up something. <clears throat> And you're sort of kind of like built up to this anticipation for an hour and 30, 40 minutes or so. Um, Never to really quite get there. And I think you are right. That fact that there is no indication of Helen Mirren's character being um, on the same playing field as Ian McKellen's, as Roy. Um that when it tie when it comes to the time that you find out that she's scamming him, you're a bit like, well, we knew that. Yeah. You know, sort of moment it was like, well, yeah, that's the whole point of the film, but don't have that be the climax, like. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's more the fact that like <clears throat> we should have gone when 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 we realized that Helen Helen Moon actually was trying to scam him. We should have gone. Oh, of course. Right. How did I miss that? You know, the. The you know her real name is Lily, and they never there was no like Lily motif throughout the whole film. There was no Just a random bit at the end when like, yeah, password. It, yeah, all of a sudden it becomes important. I'm like, no, that should not have been the thing. Like, why was that? Why was like why we did not see her gardening with lilies all the time, or why did we not you know not see you know Lily motif mm. like sofa or wallpaper or this or that? You know why was there not these things throughout the film or like. And I, I think it's harder um, because the fact that they kept, and I'm just going to kind of break the agenda a little bit, they kept the German reveal in the middle of the film. Let's talk about that. Just go straight into that. So <clears throat> oh, part of part of the, um, the the part is they go to, to Berlin because, you know, they're, they're, they've got money now. Um, they're using the money together, and so they. She really wanted to go to Berlin, and so they they went to Berlin, and her grandson um, took them to a flat in Berlin, where it reveals that he was involved in the war, and he was in Berlin in the war after the war. Um, <clears throat> and that really what he is. He is a he is a German national um, who 
him and a British soldier would hunt Nazis. Um, I think they were hunting Geiger. Um, and Geiger killed the British national and maimed him. Um, and he, hate, hating Berlin and Germany at the time, took the identity of the British soldier and moved to moved to England and assumed that identity and has been running nefarious schemes ever since. Um, and I think the fact that that actually was a great scene. Um, because you could see, like, you could see Ian McKellen getting nervous and more tense throughout the trip to Berlin. You know, when they said, we'll go somewhere, and, you know, you knew that Ian McKellen or Roy in the film could understand German, so he knew where he were, he was going in the taxi. And that whole kind of, that whole kind of almost pained look of Ian McKellen was great acting and performances, and it really helped sell that reveal of that, oh my, like, and it, but it was not like a, Dun, dun, dun. It was like okay, yeah, sure. He's he's German. He did something in the war. He didn't he didn't mean to do. Um, he you know he took someone's identity. And he's been lying. Like, but he's a bad guy. You know, he he's a con artist and you know weird mob boss almost. So yeah, and I don't think it had the impact that he was expecting. Mm. Um, the performance was great, but I don't think the impact of that landed quite so well. And then when you couple that with the reveal from Helen Mirren, um, that as Betty, she's not really Betty, she's Lily. She's also a German national. Um, everyone's German. Just everyone's German. We're everyone's, all, they're all German. All, but they all, have perfect British accents, but they're all German. Yeah. Um, you know, and that she used to love Roy or what is this? It's Hans as a as oh, German yeah, when so, he was yeah. when he was German. It was Hans that he would teach her English that he was a weird ass kid who tried to grope her, her sisters and raped her, um, and you know led to the downfall of her entire family um, under under the regime. The whole thing because because the reveal came just that the timings of those reveals was like a wet blanket of impact. Really, mm. I didn't go. Oh my goodness, that's what he did, or like you know. It was missing something that it just didn't land very well. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of felt really kind of like I wanted better than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree with you on both of those. And I think I, I've tried to think about what it is that was so dissatisfying about it. And I think it really is to do with how left field they were. Because in a good reveal, like we've already explained, the crumbs have already been laid and and you're and you're picking up on different things and you're trying to think oh what could that be who could that be what what's that got to do with the story and i felt like they were doing that a little bit like with the guy in the audi that kept going by the house or the incident in the garden and and so they were but but him being german and him having raped her randomly when he was 15. 15, yeah. First of all, those two things were basically unconnected to each other. And the fact that he raped her was also unconnected to the entire rest of the film. And that's an issue because it wasn't within the realms of potential guesses. And that's, what's, that's, what's, that's what really did it for me. What made it so random is what's so satisfying in a reveal is that it was maybe a bit hidden, but it was a potential like guess. 
the only potential thing that was guessable about the film was that she was actually conning him, but that was so obvious that it didn't make for a reveal. And then the fact that he turns out he knew her when he was 15 and he raped her was like, it was just so, ra- like, so like out there. It was like, oh, wow, that's really shocking. But like, what's that got to do with the film? Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, what, like, what has that got to do with anything? Like, and so it was really deflating. Also, something that was really weird about it was the scenes when he was this young 15-year-old, he was like this psychopathic, dead-staring weirdo who like, gropes these, attempts to grope these girls knowing that there will be consequences and literally doesn't say like a word when he's younger as well. He's just like this weird, but also must be really either just like blinded by desire or like just really stupid to not think that there would be consequences. But then also in the the rape scene, now rape is obviously a very, very serious thing, but I feel like they didn't treat it right because it was just like, it just seemed so unbelievable. And that's what's bad because there are plenty of cases of rape that are unbelievable, but for different reasons. And as in, that are unbelievable, but that's what's so difficult about them because they are actually true. And that's a really difficult thing. But with this, he just sort of did it. And it looked like he was just this Satan child who just like was evil and did that. And not only was that just really weird, but there didn't seem a continuity between that weird, quiet, psychopathic child and funny, devious, charming Ian McKellen. And yeah, and it was just, I don't know, it was all just so random. It was just like out there. It was this just random extra that did nothing. It was just like, it was like, wow, that's really shocking. Cool, that happened. Like, but it didn't add anything to the plot, but it was meant to be the big reveal. And I was just so like deflated and dissatisfied by it. I was just like, where did that come from? Like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, those are my, my my thoughts on that. I, yeah, I, I think. Satisfied. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that, uh, and and that's really what lets the film down is the fact that it was like they just threw they just threw these curveballs in at random intervals. Like, oh, they're probably bored now. Curveball. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what? And then it's like, okay, we'll carry on. Okay, I got used to this now. Fine, next bit. And like, oh, the board now, another curveball. And you're like, oh my goodness, that came out of nowhere, right. but not, but not in a good way. Exactly. And I think, yeah. And I, yeah. It, it was not. It was not. It was not done well. It it just leaves you feeling very dissatisfied, and you're very much like, why do you put that in there? Why make that the thing? Mm-hmm. And because there was no connection, because you were not, you know, there was there was no real connection to those to the, all the different bits that connected the film together. There was no real connection to con artistry and to the the, the war raping and all those different things and the justice served by by Betty and and all those different things. The only like the really good bit was, you know, uh, and this is something I'm bringing up the cinematography in the reveal between Hellerman and Ian McKellen, I thought it was very interesting that they picked, they, they displayed Ian McKellen from a downward angle 
the camera's looking up to Ian McKellen as you would someone with power and Helen you're looking down on her um and then as the as as her story got further and further through the he dropped to her level and dropped lower than her level yes I I, I, that was really well done like yeah you know so I think that kind of portrayal and like making her seem you know making that sort of like level playing field as the characters descend from glory um was a beautiful bit of cinema like a nice piece of camera work but it was i i think beautiful is even too strong a word it was just a good bit of cinematography slightly clever device yeah like it was just like it it was yeah it was a common filmmaking device um a subtle note that people don't don't wouldn't realize um and and you know i mean i would say the ending of the film is interesting you know when 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 you know that she's up to something and then she looks at the duffel bag and and you know she's gonna take it and you're like okay why is she doing this and like the whole understanding of her motives is interesting and they reveal that her grandson's actually her her grandson's partner and not her grandson and that he's just really good at you know researching and it, the whole thing's been set up was a really interesting reveal and the, the the whole ending was like oh okay but because there was so much of a film that wasn't built up before that we ended up in the point where it's like that's interesting but not amazing mm. which is why I, I why I describe yeah. it as interesting because it is interesting the whole layers of the film that went that would have done before it and i think i'm not a huge fan of time jumpy films but i think had you done a whole time jumpy thing where you saw her setting up a house and doing this and that and you see those bits kind of appear in the film it actually would have been a better reveal maybe um but yeah the reveal was interesting but it wasn't amazing because we had no emotional connection or we were not looking for anything right I couldn't agree with you more. Um, right, this, this, this. Right, we've gotten that off our off our chest. Now let's talk about the music, and I think <laughs> you had something more specific you want to say. Because let's, you know, let's swing back from the distinct negativity to something else. Um, yeah, I, I talk to me about the music. I think the music. Is we actually... now go to Cameron's music <laughs> corner. <laughs> um, I I think that the music was actually a really good point of the film. Um, it was lighthearted when it needed to be lighthearted. It was tense when it needed to be tense, and it was absent when it needed to be absent. I'm a huge like. I I have a great interest in in music and films. Um, because it adds so much to films. I don't know if, like for example, I, this off topic, but have you ever watched the opening to Jaws? Um, on mute, it looks hilarious. When, no, I haven't. Yeah, so if you watch the opening to Jaws right until the end of the the, the shark attacks. Um, if you watch it on mute, it looks like a weird, like, drunken zombie film. It's really okay. funny. But if you watch it with the music and the whole, you know, the the score, the da-da, da-da, it's, you know, invokes that emotion that people are, are terrified. Mm. So music and the old oh, absence of music is really interesting to me. And the music in this film was really good. Um, You know, when you see kind of Amy Cullen being charming and sweet, it was nice and, like, light and fluttery. And then, you know it got darker and more heavy and filled with anticipation when something was happening or, or there were times when, when you showed, um, when the the film showed um, Hans raping Lily, um, 
in the in the in the aspect that it did there was no music whatsoever there was no audio whatsoever just and the whole point of that is that it it confronts the audience with the terror of that scene because obviously that was that is an appalling act and the fact that in the cinema the audience can't escape that moment all they can do is hear the sounds of the scene and and helen um detailing it you're stuck there and you feel you're meant to feel very anxious and very tense and like oh I, I don't like being here this is very uncomfortable for me and because there's no music for you to listen or escape to you're stuck in that moment and that's what makes that scene powerful because as an audience you're stuck there but in general i think throughout the film it's what made me think that the film had anticipation it's why i said it was driven with anticipation because the music was on point that I was always expecting something or looking for something because the music was telling me that I needed to. Mm. Um, so the music was a good was good for the film. The film didn't love, live up to the music. Yes, there was definitely a disparity between how good the music was and how good the film was. <laughs> unfortunately, um, but yeah, I didn't really even think about it until until this conversation. So. Uh, yeah, and I think you described it really well. I, now that you mention it, those were some pretty effective musical devices, weren't they? I, yeah, fair enough. Unfortunately, yeah, the film wasn't as good as the music was, but uh, at least it was the music was used effectively. I think that that really that really summarizes how I feel about the film. There were some good ingredients there, like Ian McKellen as an actor and his performance like the music, like a few kind of like cinema, cinematographic, cinematographic, is that a word? Cinematographic, I'll just say cinematography things um, mm-hmm. that were effective. So they had some good ingredients in there, but the overall film itself really lacked. And that's because some key ingredients were missing. And that was good writing and a good plot. and um those are kind of essential so the the spaghetti was good the garlic bread was pretty good but the meat and the sauce just just didn't yeah yeah or the meat and the sauce were absent and it was like eating spaghetti and garlic bread to be fair that's a bad example though because eating garlic bread by itself is still a fantastic thing but but yeah it just lacked the overall overall thing was lacking as far as i'm concerned Right, so what do the critics think of it, Paul? In Paul's Critic Corner, what is the critic Paul's response? Critics. Yes. Paul's Critics Corner. Uh, critic Corner. <laughs> so, do you know what? It, it started off a lot worse than it actually has gotten. Hmm. So, when I first saw it, the audience score was like a four-point-something. But that's often because initially a lot of people hop on and it only gets like a couple hundred. Oh, no, it's it's currently only on 316. Sorry, this is IMDb. 316 reviews on IMDb, like audience uh, reviews. And it's a 6.4 based on those 316 reviews, uh, which, you know, isn't great. But as IMDb goes, that's not even actually that bad. Its meta score is a 56 which again, there has been a lot worse than that. And yeah, so it's a 56. Variety gave it an 80. The Guardian gave it an 80. 
IndieWire gave it a 67. So it does have some high scores in there. Empire, I believe, gave it a three-star review. Okay. okay. Um, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at an oddly respectable 72% for critics. However, it's important to note that with Rotten Tomatoes, that means that 72% of critics gave it a, on balance, positive review. That's and people. I for those who don't know how Rotten Tomatoes works, it will then also have uh, a specific score that is the average of the critics, which will be different. But, um, but even then, seventy two percent is is very respectable. And so yeah, so it's kind of like very mid range critics wise, but it's not like completely condemned. It's not like Gemini Man or anything. Like it's not like you know really properly low in terms of its scores which intrigued me so i guess let's summarize before we give our scores okay um i'll start with my summary so to summarize um in all things in my review i thought the acting was very good um from from most if not all the cast actually um though people like hadamirim were very underused um Ian McKellen does a very good performance, but I don't think, and the music is very good as well. Like the music is on point, but I don't think the acting and music are strong enough to overcome the weakness in the script and that we are not given. It's, it's not a cat and mouse enough of a, of a film to be worthy of like that kind of dramatic spy, like almost espionage sort of feel. Um, yeah, and so I think it's quite. I think it ends quite deflated. Good, good side performances, but not enough to save a bad script. That, I actually, I'm just going to agree with you because there's nothing you said there that I don't agree with. So <laughs> I feel like that's a good summary for the both of us. Good act, like Ian McKellen's still a great actor. Helen Mirren is still a great actor, actress, and there were some redeeming qualities about the film but the plot suffered the storytelling suffered like you say it wasn't cat and mouse enough and the reveals were deflating unsatisfying and a bit too left field and the overall product was just a bit meh that is that is the technical critics term that we're going to use for the uh, the overall product of this. It's a special mumbo jumbo that we learn in credit score. Meh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, how would we score it? Oh man, I'm feeling. Uh, I felt in a really harsh mood coming out of the film because I was disappointed <laughs> by it, and I I I'm still somewhat in that mood now with regards to it, and this might sound like really harsh. Mm-hmm. But I'm deciding between a four and a five. Ooh, okay. Uh, you probably wouldn't go that low. I don't I, know. But... I, I I've been thinking about it. Um... I would give it an exact. I'd give it a five. Uh, it's late. So the bus is late five, mm-hmm. so a low five. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I would I would have got more for the acting. But you know, I, I left the film going, that was interesting. I I when I the thing is when you compare it to like how I felt after Official Secrets mm. and I know I shouldn't be comparing it, but I was like, man, I was hoping I was I was expecting so much more from this film because of the caliber of what we were what we were watching and mm-hmm. who we were watching. And I think it gets a five uh, yeah, a late five, like a good late five, but like a late five. Mm. Okay. Uh, seeing as you did that, I'm just going to go for a four, just to be controversial, oh. just to get lower. Wow. Uh, okay. I'm, okay. I'm going to say so. Four. That's the score. Yeah. Four out of ten. And the bus itself has beige seats, but they're all right. They're kind of clean. <laughs> it it was. Just a tiny bit late, but not enough to annoy you. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have charges or anything fancy like that. And it's definitely not a double-decker. Um, the driver's very neutral. Uh, you know, just kind of, you put in the money, he gave you the ticket. And, you know, uh, you, you got where you needed to go. That's the type of bus. So I'm not saying like a low four. I'm not saying a high four. I'm saying a, a mid four. Okay, so we're about that's... a point off, and um, yeah, I'm the generous one. My goodness. Yeah, you are. That's that's, that's interesting. Okay. Hey, uh, okay. do you know what that half point difference is? The difference between how much I worship Ian McKellen and how much you worship Ian McKellen, so. really, isn't it? So... Yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. So with that, that concludes our review of the Good Liar. Um, it is it is out in cinemas now. It came out on Friday, on the eighth of November. <laughs> Um, so feel free to go see it whether you want to or not it's it's entirely up to you but that's what we think of the film Um, we have quite a packed schedule now in terms of film watching don't we coming up yes there are a lot of of films coming up in the upcoming weeks aren't there yeah and we're going to keep busy and um, a lot of this is building up towards obviously Star Wars comes out in December um so we're excited for that. I think the next one is either going to be Loose or Le Mans 66, depending on what we can see. I mean, they could be both, but it's up to... There will at least definitely be Le Mans 66. Yeah. Whether or not Loose will be in there, we'll have to see. But in terms of priorities, Le Mans 66, I'm, I'm very excited for, I must say. I hope I don't go in with too higher expectations, but like... No. I'm looking great. forward to it. Oh, great cast, great story. I know what's going to happen because we know the history. So mm-hmm. that's out of the way and I don't even mind. I just want like, I want cars and engines and bits of cars and people flying everywhere. <laughs> and like, you know, and like, just like ridiculous kind of like uh, aggravated, just everything. I just, I'm really, it looks like it's going to be a proper like charged up film and I'm just so pumped for it. I'm, yes. I'm really ready for some of that. So. Yes. So that is coming uh, probably, we'll get the, we'll get, oh, we come up next week. Um, mm-hmm. Look out also, just plugging this, look out for written reviews that we might do. So I'm reviewing the Aeronauts, um, Eddie M- Redmayne and Felicity Jones' new film that came out last week. Um, I saw that in the cinema, so look out for on our social media when we post um, written reviews of films as well. 
I might do a written review of this one entitled Good Liar, Bad Film. <laughs> but no, I guess... um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, so we've got plenty coming up. I think we've got about maybe eight more for the rest of the year. So we're keeping ourselves busy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, um, and you can find us on more streaming services every week. So we're on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, I think now and other things. So slowly infecting the networks we're getting there we're getting there so do please um give us a a like and reshare and whatever and tell people about us um but i think that's it for today unless you've got anything else to add no that's good that's good for me great well um hope you enjoyed our review and we will see you next week for le mans 66 yes see you then Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.